Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. We're going to look at the beginning of the book of Colossians. Paul, on one of his missionary journeys, this is from the book of Acts, chapter 19, he actually spent about two years in a place called Ephesus. A lot of people have heard of Ephesus because of the book of Ephesians in the Bible. But Ephesus is about 100 miles to the west of Colossus. Paul is writing to the church that had been planted there on one of the missionary journeys. And so this is a letter what he writes from prison. Just like the letter we studied of Philippians previously, same time period, Paul had been locked up in the Roman prison. And he is writing from prison. This is another one of his prison epistles. And he will write to this church. And he's got to write from things he's heard about them. The word has come to him. And I'll read to you how the word got to him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. So he's including Timothy, that young man in the faith we read about in Acts that he picked up on one of his missionary journeys. Timothy was the, the young man that had a Jewish mother and a Greek father, and Paul took this young man. He was like his son in the faith. So he says, the two of us are right. So it's understood Timothy must have come to Paul in Rome in the prison to be with him and uh, to comfort him. And so in verse 2 we read, To the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for the saints. Now, the word saints in the Bible means believer. So anyone who's a believer in the Lord is a saint. And now, being raised Catholic, I thought saints were uh, only the guys in the Bible been around a long time. We were always taught like St. Peter, and St. John, and in my understanding as a child, all of the pictures around the church in the stained glass were pictures of Jesus with the Peter, James, and John in one picture, and I'd be like, so to be a saint, you have to be in stained glass, right? That's what I thought as a child. Those important people in the Bible, they're the saints, and I didn't realize the word saint means everyone who believes in the Lord. It's technically a saint, so we're all saints. So he's saying, to the people who believe in the Lord, we give thanks to God, because we heard of your faith. Paul, all the way over in prison in Rome, the word has traveled all the way from what we call present-day Turkey. And Paul says, we heard about you guys' faith, that you believe in the Lord. This is so wonderful. And listen to this. He doesn't just say that, but we also heard what a love that you have for the other believers, all believers, what a cool thing to hear about this little church at Colossae, that they were a loving church. Now, that would be one of the best things you could be known for, because there's a lot of worse things some churches are known for today. But these guys were known for the love that they had for the brethren. And he says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you. And just as it is in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, 
even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and you understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved faithful bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on your behalf. And he has also informed us of your love in the Spirit. So Epaphras, now we know that that man did labor in the gospel over there. We read about him in the book of Acts. And so he came to Paul and said, Paul, these guys, they love the Lord. They love the brethren. They have the love of God's Spirit in them. Now, Paul probably just doing a happy dance. When you're a pastor and you hear that the church has love for one another, they love God's Spirit in them. Without God's Spirit, this is a rough road. Doesn't the Holy Spirit comfort us and lead us and guide us and teach us? His Spirit, God's Spirit, helps us with all the things we wrestle with in life. And so Paul says, I hear from Epaphras that you guys have the love of the Spirit. He says, what a beautiful thing. For this reason, he heard that they were full of love for all the brethren. Verse 9, he says, since the day we heard of it, since we heard of your love, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask this beautiful thing he's going to ask. He's going to ask a prayer that if you ever want to pray for the pastor, you can pray this prayer anytime. He says, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you could walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects and you could bear fruit in every good work increasing in the knowledge of God and that you would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now it says, For he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So I want to back up to the prayer and break down the prayer. First thing he was praying for them was, I pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom, in all spiritual understanding. How many of you have ever wondered, God, I wish I knew what your will was. What do you want me to do? Maybe you have a big decision you're facing and you're going, do I take this job or do I go down this road in life? Do I take this career opportunity or that career. And then we face all these decisions all the time. If we could just have what Paul is saying, the knowledge of God's will. Like, God, you know everything. You know which one will work out better. We could be thinking, should I take the job over here? Or should I take that job? Or should I go this way? Or should I study that? And we have all these things. We don't know the outcome. But if we could know God's will, the guy who knows everything, he knows the outcome of if we take the left road or the right road, or we go to this school or we go to that school. Does he know how it will turn out? Yeah, but I don't. So Paul says, ever since we heard you have love for the other saints, we have not stopped praying for you that you would have the knowledge of God's will. 
in all spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding. Boy, how sweet that would be. Lord, just let me know your will. So I just know. How many times would we like to know? Have you ever had that where you're just going, God, I just need to know. Should I do this? Should I do that? So the first thing was just praying for them to know God's will. That's what a beautiful prayer. Then the next part of this, he says, so that you would be able to walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. You could please the Lord. If you know his will, then you know which way to go. You know how to walk before the Lord. How pleasing do you think it is to God for us to say, God, what would you like me to do? Okay, think of this since he's called our Heavenly Father. And we're just emulating his example. As earthly parents, if your kids came in the room and said, Mom, Dad, what do you want me to do today? Or what do you want me to do with my life? I'll just do whatever you say. We'd probably fall off our chair, right? I <laughs> mean, like, whoa, where'd that come from? And this is, we're God's children. And if we come to him and say, Dad, our heavenly father, which the Bible says we can call Dad, Abba, Hebrew, means Daddy, Dada. Abba in Hebrew, Abba's father. Abba is like Dada. So it's very intimate. We can say, God, Dada, hear our prayers. And when we ask, how pleasing do you think it is to God for us to say, what do you want? What's your will? His will is what he would want, not what I want. Remember when Jesus prayed, they said, teach us to pray. And he said, okay, pray this one. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. High and lifted up is thy name. Thy kingdom come and my will be done, right? No. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. So he starts off by teaching his disciples, pray for God's will in your life. Why? Because God has the best plan ever. We just don't have the ability to think with an eternal perspective. We don't know what lies ahead. But God does. And if we just go with his will. Have you ever felt like you just know this is the right thing? You can't put your finger on why you know. Something inside you. That spirit of God says, this is the right thing to do. Do this. But I want to teach the young men, when you pray, God, not my will, but your will be done. That's when you have those beautiful blessings in your life. And that's what Paul is praying for them. It's like earthly parents. When you please your parents, or earthly parents, the Bible says we're just earthly, natural parents doing our best job. We're not perfect. But Jesus told a parable, he says, if you ask your earthly parents for something to eat, some bread, they don't give you a rock. They don't give you a snake, you know, to bite you. They give you something good. Well, if your earthly parents, he said, being evil, give good gifts to their children, how much more will your heavenly father, who's good, give even better gifts? And in the book of Luke, he says, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit? That's the really good gift. The Spirit of God comes and stays with us wherever we go. Feel his presence with us. His spirit looking out for us. Paul says, I just pray you guys would have that. So you could walk and please the Lord 
and then, listen to this, you'll please him in all respects, and you'll bear fruit for every good work, and you'll increase in the knowledge of God. You know, one of the sweet things is when we're pleasing God and walking after him in a pleasing manner, we start to grow in our knowledge about the Lord. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, he says, John the Apostle, the one that was leaning on Jesus at the Last Supper, that's how close he was to the Lord. This is what John wrote. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you might know that you have everlasting life. And this is the confidence we have before God, that if we ask anything of God according to his will, then it says he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, then we know we have the request which we have asked from him. So the first thing I learned about prayer was if you really want an answer, you want to get an answer 100% of the time, all you got to do is say, God, here's my request, but answer according to his will. As soon as you say that, guaranteed he heard your prayer. And if he hears your prayer, guess what? Guaranteed you get an answer. So this is the thing, is that if we just ask for his will, then we know he hears us. Then we know we get an answer. Well, it seems pretty simple, but it's easier said than practiced. I found out being a Christian for a while that a lot of Christians go, yeah, yeah, I hear you, Pastor, I hear you. But then when it comes down to do you do it, do you really trust God and say, God, please answer according to your will? Not my will. Like Jesus prayed. Father, if it's all possible, remember when he was going to go to the cross, he said, let this cup pass for me. But nevertheless, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. God's will be done. So even Jesus showed us that this is how we're to pray. Thy will be done. Now, when you pray for God's will, it's beautiful. Paul is saying, I want you guys to learn his will so you can walk pleasing to the Lord. And so you can please him in everything, in all respects. And you can bear fruit for every good work. And you can grow in the knowledge of God. You'll actually grow your knowledge of God as you begin to practice his will. And then he says, and also you will be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might. Whenever we go before God and say, God, I'm tired. I need strength from you. Well, listen to what Paul says. When you please the Lord, he strengthens you with all power according to his glorious might. Have you ever been so tired? You're like, I just can't do this, God. I just need help. Baby's crying. It's the middle of the night. You're tired. You just like I can't even get out of bed, and you, you know you got to get up and do the dirty diaper. You can tell the cry. You've learned it. Your body is just stuck. It's like the covers have a chokehold on you. All you have is a sheet, and you're like, oh, it's too heavy. I can't get the sheet off because you're so tired. But you go, God help me, and God gives you His strength to get up and go take care of that baby, and because He's the God that strengthens us. And listen to this. For the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. You know, once we have God's power, it helps us attain this steadfastness in our faith. 
We stay steadfast. And we stay patient when we have his strength. His glorious might helps me stay the course and be patient. And also he ends with this, that we joyously give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now there's an inheritance. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. In John 14, he said, I'm going to go to my father's house and prepare a place for you. And in my father's house, he said there was many mansions. They were really sad when he told them, I'm going to leave now. Don't worry. I'm going to leave and go make a house for you. I'll make a mansion. And if I go to prepare a place for you, he says, it's so that I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, you will be with me. Like he's saying, I'm going to go make a mansion for you in heaven. And don't worry. I'm not like forgetting about you. I'm going to be back to take you to be with me. Like he's telling them so they get the bigger picture. What a great thing to know in our faith. But he has not just a mansion. Listen to this. He has qualified us to share in what? The inheritance of the saints. There is an actual inheritance that we will be part of. We get to have an inheritance. And who's the one that gives the inheritance? God. How much does God have? He's richer than anyone down here. He has everything at his fingertips. Now Paul is saying, just to help your faith a little, I'm going to pray for you so that you can joyously give thanks because you are now qualified to share in God's inheritance. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona. Was it something that I said? I played it over in my head I didn't understand your signs And now you say you have to go
nacer. 